everybody and welcome back to Need More Info, a podcast exploring the worlds of movies, video games and TV shows. I'm your host Nate and today I'm joined by hosts Fergus, James and Chaz. How's everybody doing out there today? I mean like, you know, we are into another week. Uh, this is a bit of a delayed podcast because we had some uh, issues last week uh, that would be on my side. I uh, had an operation that was supposed to happen but it didn't happen in the end. Uh, that's a story for another time. Uh, <laughs> you can blame uh, me as well to be fair. Ah, no, it's fine. No worries. Uh, And it's just a case of, you know, at the end of the day, we like to make sure we get this out. And also you're getting two episode podcasts in a week. So that's a little bonus for you as well. I mean, you did have an early episode with the Easter holiday and it can only get better from there. Uh, Obviously, last week we dealt, well, last time, so we delved into our favorite stories in games. And we had a few games from uh, such as the Talos Principle, KOTOR, Mass Effect. Doki Doki Literature Club, uh, Tokyo Dark, which I'll end on that one because Fergus may want to come in here because he had a little bit of a smile when I found out. They said, do you want to say why, Fergus? Uh, yeah, we got re-quote tweeted by the production company who are a husband and wife uh, indie production team who are well into making their next game. So go check out... I want to see... They- yeah, it's, uh, it's at Cherry Mochi. That's C H E R R Y M O C I C H I. That's C H E R R Y M O C H I. That's at Cherry Mochi. Oh, and I, extra I at the end on Twitter. And uh, go check them out. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, uh, going off of that, though, it was uh, definitely an interesting conversation we had. But I'm going to hand it over to you guys. How, how have you been since the last time we spoke? Yeah, not too, not too bad. Uh, tired. Did a nice long walk yesterday, getting out of the open fresh air. So enjoying my blisters. I've been doing that a lot as well, actually. Um, the sun is finally starting to arrive, which is awesome for me. Um, one of the things I really like is just like just picking a direction and just walking and seeing how long I can go. So yeah, I've been enjoying that. And uh, also I've been sucked back into Hades yet again, uh, running through some of the epilogue stories, trying to see, you know, really round off the story there. Nice. Uh, I'll probably go back to that eventually. How about yourself, Fergus? Uh, a lot of walking, a lot of drinking, and a lot of watching anime. That sounds like a good time. Myself, That's yeah, great. Yeah, myself. Uh, no drinking for me, uh, just relaxation. I've been playing Elden Ring uh, still again. Uh, I have went back and played a bit of Halo for a couple of hours uh, just to see how that's doing. Uh I was okay with it. I got a couple of uh, we we didn't. I didn't really win any matches, but um, it was because of people getting a lot better. But we will get to that in a little bit. And uh, but I've also started playing another game, uh, Chernobylite. Uh, yeah, it's uh, sort of like a RPG survival action game set within a area. But there's like base building as well, and you could choose where you go and send people on missions. It's actually quite good. It was like it's like seventeen pound on Steam. I actually quite enjoyed it. But yes, people, uh, as as we said, the sun is coming out. It started to get brighter, but no doubt as British weather, it will get rainy again later on. So as you know, people, uh, last week we did the favorite stories in games, but this week we figured we'd change it up a bit. We'd uh, thought we'd bring a, bring a bit of joy to the world and do our favorite TV sitcoms and comedies or comedies. But before we get to that, we like to obviously start off with our news of the week. So let's get into that before we get into the main topic. Now, we're obviously going to start with the movies today. Our first one is they released it. They finally released the trailer for Thor Love and Thunder, set to the sweet, sweet music of Sweet Child of Mine. And this movie, people, it just seems the fact that they are just going. They they just looked at uh, at Ragnarok and went, 
fuck it, let's just go even more out there. And it's Thor going on a journey of self-discovery, which I think is quite interesting because obviously it was a a new take on how Thor was going into Ragnarok. And after Endgame, which I love the fact that they're doing a montage exercise sequence, we better get like a full three, four minute montage of that like proper 80s Rocky style and everything. I found be absolutely hilarious. And then we obviously got the first in movie shot, not behind it, but not out as character or promotional material for Natalie Portman returning as the mighty Thor, which I, and her arms look beefy, look, look so muscular. And she, she looks even the behind scenes photo. She looks like, you know, she packed on a ton of muscle, which is, pretty awesome there's some interesting storylines of her as well i'm wondering if they'll do it but yeah what are your guys thoughts it's interesting um like it's it's gonna be one of those really good movies where not really that much happens like thor wanders around having fun getting back into life post fat thor i guess like i'm kind of wondering if what we saw the whole four thing is just gonna be the beginning of the of 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 a film then obviously most of it will be following um Natalie Portman's character. That's just my personal thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, I can tell you that there is a villain in the movie that they haven't shown yet. Uh, I don't know if you care if I say who the villain is played by. That's Batman. Uh, yeah, it's Christian Bale. Christian Bale is playing the villain of the movie. Uh, his name is Gore the God Butcher. And uh, also, you see Zeus in the trailer. And a fun little fact who that is, that is Russell Crowe, supposedly. It might be Russell Crowe in the film. So that'd be pretty interesting. I know a lot of people have jokingly said they want Hercules in the Marvel Universe and they want Henry Cavill to play Hercules, which, uh, I mean, come on, anyone would want that, to be honest. But yeah, no, uh, the movie the movie itself, though, I thought it was uh, really uh, fun to see the transition of the character and even the Guardians are in it because obviously he went off with them at the end of Endgame. And it just looks so, so it looks so fun. And it, I'm wondering how dark it will be this time around because obviously, you know, the last movie ended with Asgard destroyed um so i'm wondering where they're gonna go with this one see you say like you're wondering how dark it was i know that asgard was destroyed um and as an event that's pretty dark but the tone um in the last one didn't really feel particularly dark to me it was i mean i'm getting the same kind of impression from this trailer really um which makes sense it is the same director right um so yeah so yeah, I'm I'm expecting kind of I guess some more of the same to an extent, um, a a lighter-hearted uh, Marvel movie, and uh, I really enjoyed the last one, so um, I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, one thing I will mention though, um, there was a Reddit thread that said that they missed an opportunity to use um, Amon Armarth's Twilight of the Thunder God uh, as the theme tune, but people correctly assumed that that was probably a bit too heavy of a song it's quite uh yeah that's quite heavy metal that but that would have been really cool but sweet child of mine i guess that works yeah i mean it would be cool um who is it someone sabaton i sabaton no someone did a light trailer of it so maybe they could use that that'd be cool mm. i know uh some people were saying that basically um that uh just i'm just gonna google it now just to be sure uh but uh Thor's um, outfit when he like reappears is like, you know, muscular Thor. He um, he looks at his outfit looks like Kurt Russell in the movie Big Trouble in Little China, and uh, so it's pretty interesting to be honest. I thought it'd be pretty funny, but yeah, no, uh, definitely looks like an interesting movie. People, I'm uh, and it's July. It's coming out, I believe June or July, so we don't actually have to wait that long for the movie to come out. 
Something coming out quite soon, though, within the next month, actually, is Obi-Wan. Hello there. Uh, it's good old Obi-Wan himself, Hugh McGregor, returning. And uh, it's been confirmed that um, the composer for the show will be, uh, the, uh, will be Natalie Holt. Uh, the first, um, I believe it's the first female composer for a Star Wars property. So that'd be pretty awesome. But she is working in collaboration with John Williams, who's returning who is writing uh the who has written an original theme for the for Obi-Wan because obviously um John Williams is that he wanted to write this piece because he never got to write a piece for Ben Kenobi in the original trilogy so he's obviously returning for this one. Uh I'm really looking forward to this to be honest because I believe she also did the composition for Loki. Uh and that was a pretty good um soundtrack to be fair. I actually quite enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, she's also composing uh, the Batgirl uh, theme uh, um, soundtrack, I believe. Yep, music by uh, Natalie Holt. And she, yeah, she did Loki. Uh, she's done Nightfall, the TV show, the Netflix TV show. Uh, and yeah, also, if you know Britain's Got Talent, she was the woman that threw eggs at the um, at Simon Cowell from the stage. She ran onto the stage and threw eggs at Simon Cowell. Uh, when a when a live performance was going on, and I never knew that fact, but I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And the she's fact a, that she she's a composer for everyone, and she threw eggs at Simon Cowell. Yep, <laughs> that's very random. <laughs> yep, she, she definitely put some force behind those eggs. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, people. Thank you very much. I don't care. I'm going with that pun. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to Obi-Wan. We are getting the first two episodes of the six-episode run in the next month, and I've heard it's going to be a very dark show because this is like the Jedi's getting hunted throughout the end, and supposedly we will get a round two between Vader and and Obi-Wan. And hopefully there's rumours or people talking about we may be getting footage this week, so we may be getting another trailer because we've only had a teaser trailer so far. And if the show's releasing within the next month, they should be releasing a full trailer. And if you and as you know, people, we've seen that previous trailer, and they cheated using Door of the Fates in that teaser trailer, because that's just automatic cheating to get people hyped up. Because I've seen so many reactions, and people just getting obsessed with it. But going on to the next news item, people, uh, it seems that Netflix is slashing animation. Uh, obviously, this is possibly to do with the fact of the you know after the subscriber losses they've been having. Uh, but it's putting break on animation efforts, firing executives. And cancelling several high anticipated shows. This is coming from Netflix, or, or, or according to the rap, though, sorry, and IGN. Uh, Netflix's directive, director of creative leadership and development for original animation, Phil Rinder, was let go this week along with several of his staff. And not only that, but several high profile animation series have been cancelled, including an adaptation of Bone, the critically acclaimed comic by Jeff Smith, and also um, the role of The Twits has been cancelled. Uh, this is going to be interesting. We will be doing a podcast in the future on the future of streaming. Uh, will, will movies and TV shows be exclusive to TV and streaming? And will cinema be a thing of the past? Netflix has been an interesting thing, though, with this subscription loss, because obviously they've recently hiked their prices and they are looking at cracking down on password sharing, uh, possibly making people pay a little bit extra if they're sharing their password, password with an extra household, which I'll be fine with. But if they charge four or five quid per household, that's way too much. People might as well just get their own subscription. Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. The animation, the animation section getting dropped as the one because just uh, the fact that Netflix have actually done really well in their animation department, like they've 
They've done like Arcane, obviously a big thing for them. Um, they had that Christmas movie Klaus, uh, which I heard was really good. Love Death oh, and Robots. Love, love Death and Robots, which I'm not going to lie, I was a bit lukewarm on the second season. Um, obviously, we're only getting another eight episodes in the third season, which I think they should have just released it in all in one. Um, Castlevania, a Netflix show. Uh, all these great animations. Hopefully, it's not a case of them cancelling all their animations. They're just going to rejig and just focus on the more popular ones because I know we're supposed to be getting a Castlevania sequel, which is set after the original series. Um, I They have been investing very heavily, especially over lockdown, on some quite high-priced anime properties. So like the Evangelion series, like they must have paid an absolute fortune for that. Um, I, I'm aware that Netflix is in a lot a lot, a lot, a lot of debt right now. And it feels like they're taking some fairly desperate actions. Like like they expected lockdowns to never end and people to like fully commit to Netflix. But now that that situation's eased and people have started going outside, I think a lot of people are sort of, you know, easing up on their Netflix subscriptions. I think it's it's a combination of that and also for me Netflix was one of the well pretty much the first big streaming service to become available um and now you have a lot of choice um I know at least anecdotally that most people I know still have Netflix but maybe that's not the case in the wider you know area maybe people are using Amazon Plus or Disney Plus or, or whatever So I think uh the dark horse in all of this is actually Apple TV uh, I know some people are saying I've seen a few things on there myself, such as Ted Lasso and uh, The After Party. And I know they've got a few, a severance has just occurred with Ben Stiller directing it. It's like a um, a psychological thing, I believe. And it's the, st- it's the start of the subscriber war, the, the streaming wars. This is like Netflix has been the godfather of this. And they obviously other countries in the world haven't have a bigger problem because they have hbo max which the uk won't have until 2025 which i still pisses me off and uh paramount plus which is releasing later this year obviously they've got halo and all the star trek tv shows uh i've been seeing halo only from tv reactions on youtube um but by the time i love we'll probably get the second season of halo by the time paramount plus comes out um but yeah i'm just wondering how this is going to go i think netflix also they're doing too many shows they're doing like they've done they've done a show called is it is it cake like you know it's it's based, it's based on like you know the the bakery thing of like creating realistic looking things don't get me wrong it may be really good but they've got so many different they have so shows many cake them. shows yeah yeah i don't really rate netflix's food-based content i have to say um but it's with, with alternate streaming services, uh, I think, especially for more specialist content, like, say, Netflix trying to compete with the new Crunchyroll, for example, I, I think fans of that particular type of content are just going to pay for Crunchyroll rather than get maybe half, a quarter of the content on Netflix. I feel like this is something to talk about deeper if we do an episode on it but i feel like at the moment the problem we're having is that there's bits of great content kind of scattered across all of these tons of streaming services that we have um and it's actually really hard to choose now um and you know 
most people don't have infinite money to spend on all these individual streaming services for just a few good shows and good movies so i'm not sure where this is going to be honest yeah yeah but yeah as i said people will uh, we will be coming back to that. I'll, let, I'll let fergus make one more point before we head off so netflix kind of can trap you into like small areas of the content that's actually available i don't know if you've seen this like so i watch a lot of anime on netflix and all it will show me is new anime which is you know stuff i get on crunchyroll anyway so getting out of that bubble and finding new content on netflix considering there is quite so much there and in terms of like geo-restricted borders like internationally there's a huge amount of shows that should be available and they should be better at pushing these i think because i think people are trapped in like small content bubbles and they're like i've watched all this shrug leave like there's other stuff they could be doing to make themselves more you know subscribable too yeah and i think this is what's going to happen i think that, i think they're going to have to you know do something because obviously the amount of subscribers they've lost but you know it's something we will come back to a uh, couple more stories before we finish up with the news today uh seems that someone uh by the twitter uh, twitter username shintendo tv is creating a d make version of elden ring for the game boy and it will be playable on real hardware it's been developed in GB Studio 3.0, and I've actually grabbed the um, the application the other day. Um, you can create a Game Boy Color and a Game Boy original Game Boy, uh, and it's really interesting how the actual screens look. You can have every screen up at once, so you can actually see every screen available to you. Create all the animations for it for the sprites. It looks a really interesting system. Now I've been playing Elder Ring, and it's difficult as hell. How it's going to play on a Game Boy with Jesus? I don't know how that will actually play, to be honest. But it's really awesome to see these demakes. I mean, we've had PlayStation 1 demakes of video games, such as Death Stranding and a couple other ones. But to go back to Game Boy for Elden Ring, this is an achievement unto itself. And especially since I've had over 100 hours of Elden Ring in so far, um, to possibly play that long, I don't know, you know, probably be much shorter on Game Boy, but it's a very ambitious task. But yeah, check him out or check them out, people. Uh shintendo tv that's s-h-i-n-t-e-n-d-o tv that's the twitter user uh and uh yeah definitely check that out it would be really interesting to see going off our final two things though a uh, final few things though uh playstation plus uh the new playstation plus has targeted its release dates obviously as we spoke before this is the new tiered system for playstation plus where games will be available at different tiers, such as PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 games at the medium tier, and PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and tons of uh, older content, uh, including streamable PS3 games at the highest tier, and the basic PS Plus version staying the same. But it seems that Japan is getting the um, the first go of this. It's actually coming out uh, in the Asian market, ex- excluding Japan, sorry, on May 23rd. So that's in a month's time. Then Japan gets it on June the 1st. Americas, I don't know if that's America and South America, get it June 13th. And Europe are targeting uh, June 22nd. Note, these are all targeting, not the precise dates for these coming out. But I'm looking forward to this. I'm probably going to upgrade to the next tier above because I want to see what PS5 games will be on there initially. Uh, And hopefully they can, and obviously still month by month service. So it'll be really good to have. I know they're keeping the pricing for the... um, PlayStation Plus Essential, basically the same. It's going to be six ninety nine a month, um, twenty pound quarterly of fifty pound yearly. Uh, PlayStation Plus Extra is ten ninety nine a month, which isn't actually that bad to be honest. Um, 
31 quid quarterly or 83 pound yearly or the premium which is the most expensive is 13 pound 49 pence a month 40 pound quarterly or 100 pound basically 100 pound 99.99 pounds a year uh this will be really interesting now and the highest tier will also include time limited game trials obviously other companies have been doing that as well so we hopefully will see what playstation plus has got going on here but it would be nice to see what games we're going to be getting quite soon i think we'll see that when the asian market excluding japan starts seeing this on may 23rd finishing up on the last couple of things though uh we will still be getting god of war this year supposedly um uh cory barlog um oh no so not cory barlog um bruno v- Velasquez, I believe his name is. Um, so someone commented, asked on Twitter, uh, uh, is uh, is it still coming out this year? And uh, Bruno Velasquez, uh, who is the um, animation director at Santa Monica, has said, Ragnarok is coming this year, so we will still be getting it. In regards to games of the year, I know Elden Ring is still pulling at the moment to be the game of the year for everyone, but I think God of War can be a very, very strong contender. I think there's two games that could beat Elden Ring. It's God of War Ragnarok, and if it does come out this year, Starfield. That will be the one. If 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 the sci-fi Skyrim from Bethesda can come out this year and release for the next 12 years on multiple systems, it will be Starfield. So I'm really looking forward to see where we go there. The final thing on the list, uh, which I know Chaz would be happy with, uh, the game modes for the High Halo Infinite Season 2 have been revealed. King of the Hill, Land Grab, and Last Spartan Standing. King of the Hill brings back the uh, first-person classic game mode. This is from the sixthaxis.com. Uh, with central control point, two teams battle over it. Uh, that, however, this will come with a twist. When a player enters the hill and captures it, it, they will earn them one point per second toward filling a control meter. When the control bar is full, they score a game mode point by winning that particular hill and a new hill spawns somewhere else on the map. Interesting, so multiple um, King of the Hills. Not only that, but hill ownership can decay back to neutral when unoccupied. So it seems you need to occupy it at certain points to keep it going up. Land Grab is a new mix on control style game modes. There are three neutral modes on the map at the start of the round. And capturing a zone locks it and gives the team a point. Once all three zones have been captured and three points are awarded, they will despawn and three new neutral zones spawn in. The winning team first to score 11 points wins. Uh, and obviously the final mode, which is basically uh, Last Spartan Standing, is a it's essentially a mini battle royale. Uh, 12 players spawn into a big team battle map with a confined loadout and five respawns to get run through. Uh, getting a kill lets you upgrade it to a different weapon. But once you run out of lives, you're done. So that'd be interesting. Uh, this was all from the Sixth Axis. I'm reading it off now, sixthaxis.com. I'm really looking forward to see where this goes. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, Halo Infinite's had a little bit of a content problem. So um, it's going to be nice to see three new modes uh, alongside the new maps as well. Um, the King of the Hill and the, um, what was it, Land Grab, um, they sound pretty similar to how it's been in the past that like kingly hill has kind of worked like that in a couple of the older titles where there's been multiple hills to control uh the battle royale one um seems interesting um it would have been nice to have more players maybe rather than the five lives to run through but maybe that'll differentiate a little bit i don't know if there's many battle royals out there with with lives someone could correct me if i'm wrong there um but yeah i'm just going to be honestly happy to see new content um a new season some new stuff to learn uh as i said i like the the gameplay um yeah it'd just be nice to have some new maps and some moves to run through 
I think for me, it's the it's the it's the, it's the extra content to give to the player outside of the actual modes themselves, which I'm really interested to see what they do. Uh, I went back in just to unlock a few things, and I do think that the content was lacking. And then they have actually come out and said they understand this and they've been working on it. So it'll be really interesting to see, to be honest. Yes, uh, that I believe that new mode is coming quite soon, actually, uh, May the fourth or around that time. So. Get get the force ready, people. Get ready to shoot people with tons of guns. It'll be really interesting. Right, people? That was the news. That was the news. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler, Frank, codename Majestic Vol, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions... Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, a spy's tale, a short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. And that was the news, people. That was the news. We are now going to go into the main topic for all the <laughs> laughter and humor that comes from all the lovely TV show that TV shows that we've been watching. So obviously, if you know from our previous uh, podcast, we tend to do either just like we run through the sort of things we like or we do lists. And this week, people will be doing our top five lists. So we'll be doing our top five TV show sitcoms or comedies that we really love. Please note that uh, obviously we're very British over here, so we'll probably have some, maybe ha might have some British comedies to go through. Some of our uh, international listeners might not know them, so we will definitely, you know, definitely Google them afterwards. But what we will do is we will run through each person. Uh, we will ask the honourable mentions first, get those out of the way, and then we'll go for the top five, and then we will end it with a lovely, lovely roundup at the end. So I'm going to let Chaz go first with his... Uh, first, uh, honourable mentions, if you have any. Yeah, man, got a few. Uh, I'll just list them out and speak a little bit about each. So, um, first one is uh, Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. Um, that's, Love that show. Yeah, that's on Netflix. Uh, I don't know, like, the humour humor always just really hits for me. Um, I really enjoy the characters. Good representation, which is always nice. Um, so, yeah, that, that one's a pretty easy uh, honourable mention. Um Second one I want to say about is uh, Shit's Creek. Uh, I've got that on my honourable mentions as well. Thought you might, thought you might. Yeah, uh, it's um, it's a little hard to get into at first. It's a little slow, um, but again, the characters are great, um, and uh, but by coincidence, also good representation. Um, the only thing I will say about it is, as most of the characters are unreasonably attractive for the setting that they're in. Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. No, I, that that show. I love the fact that it was created by uh, Eugene Levy and Dan Levy uh, by them, and then they star as the father and son in it as well, which I think is really awesome. Yeah, I'd never seen them in anything before, but um, yeah, Dan. Not in American Pie. No, Nate, oh. you know me. I don't. That's true. I, that I haven't true, seen yeah. movies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, ch ch uh, yeah, check that out, people. It's on Netflix. It's it's you could definitely binge it in a week if you wanted to, because it's like it's quite short and it's definitely something fun to go by. I'll, I'll let uh, Chaz uh, take that on the honorable mentions list, but it's very good and uh, it's got a lot of awards. And yeah, he's right. The uh, the uh, representation that show is great as well. Yeah, I was uh, off from work from a surgery and I just binged like four out of the six seasons. It was uh, yeah, it's very bingeable. Um, 
the last one I wanted to mention just briefly is uh, Arrested Development. Um, very, um, uh, very tight writing. Uh, the jokes are just, they, they come back and back again and they evolve. Um, the characters are great. Um, compelling in a different way in that they are, you know, very dysfunctional. Um, the only reason it's not on my top five is because some of the later series are not as good, um, but the first three are pretty classic now, I'd say. Yeah, no, I, 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 that's a show I haven't watched in ages, but I love the fact that so many actors have come from that as well or just continued on. Uh, Fergus, do you want to drop us your honourable mentions next one? Uh, these might seem like quite big honourable mentions, uh, but Blackadder uh is the first one to not quite make the list i mean it's a great show if you haven't seen it definitely definitely go back and watch very british four, four series yes so rowan atkinson tony robinson um stephen fry hugh laurie and others um taking place in various historical periods and making fun of known historical characters it is very good uh very funny Second honourable mention, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, we're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that later. I'm glad we are. I'm glad we are. I very much enjoyed it. I suspect a few things are going to get mentioned once or twice. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. Um, and what? Uh, Black Books. Uh, okay. Did you see this? This is um, the one with uh, the one Bill Bailey. Yeah. Bill Bailey and yeah. Dylan Moran run a bookshop. Um, I have seen a badly. few episodes of this year. <laughs> also, quite it's... bingeable, I think that one. Yeah, it's um sort of ninety, I say nineties, late nineties era comedy. Uh, oh gosh, uh, two thousand. So, so a while ago now. Yeah, well, I guess it is twenty odd years ago. But um, Jesus, <laughs> watch that if you haven't seen it. Awesome. Uh, is that all your honourable mentions, dude? We could go forever. There's okay, so many. Right, but... right, well, uh... <laughs> a couple of my honourable mentions. Well, no, honourable honourable mentions, as in stuff that I didn't quite make it. My honourable mentions has already been mentioned. So okay, that's cool then. That's cool. Right, Mr. James. Well, let's hand it over to you next. Yeah, cool. So I was going to point out one thing first. Before I go from my list, and is that I've always had this thought that I've been 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 a proud Brit, but um, pre two thousands, I thought. It is my opinion that the British sitcoms are better than the American sitcoms. Unfortunately, everything's changed after two thousands, and I can't. And I think the American sitcoms have um, outdone out, out us uh, post that period. Um, just the point I wanted to mention doesn't really have too much relevance at this point. Um, I'm really getting into my uh, stuff. I'm going to talk about later. One of my actual stuff. I'll get into it. But in terms of my honourable mentions, first one. Just make, not making a list is the the office, specifically the UK version of the office. Now, I watched. I, I only recently got around to watching the US version. I watched it through lockdown. Really, really good. I really like what they did with it. But to me, the UK version is revolutionary in terms of sitcoms. It was really one of the first to do that whole kind of uh, document mockumentary kind of sitcom kind of thing. I really, really popularise that. And there's so many different um, sitcoms which now uh, use the same mockumentary, um, like piggybacking on, on what UK version started. And of course, the uh, cringe comedy aspect of the UK uh, version, it's, I, I don't think there's anything which has done anything quite as uh, much as that in that realm. I think as I watched the, um, the American US 
version, the American US, the Office US version first, and I tried to watch the UK version. I just couldn't do it. Like I, I, I don't know what it was. I just, I just couldn't watch it. Yeah. Um. I actually watched the UK version first, and then I watched all of the American version. Um. This is a rare example where I actually prefer the American version. Um. Partly because some types of cringe comedy just doesn't sit that well with me. That being said, I do think that. I do agree with James. It was pretty unique at the time, and I do like it as well. I just think that, yeah, I don't know. The American version is just a bit more to my taste, personally. A bit more kind of, a bit more depth to it, but a bit funnier in some ways. But it, it it's quite a different show, to be honest. Yeah, no, I do agree with that. I did try watching the UK office, and I just can't get on board with Ricky Gervais's humour in general. Like Even his shows post The Office have just I can't, can't do it. Actually, I do recommend uh, Afterlife on Netflix. It's, uh, it's about him dealing with the grief, um, the loss of his wife. It's, a, it's an amazing, amazing show on Netflix. It went for three seasons and it's done now. I highly recommend it. Uh, we will be coming back to The Office later again. Uh, so yeah, uh, right. So my next my next honorable mention is um so I talked about the fact that you know I felt that in like pre two thousands British sitcoms were better. Um illustrating that point, my next uh, mention is Frasier, a an American sitcom which completely refutes what I just said. But it is but on the whole I think but for me Frasier is one of those uh, American sitcoms pre two thousands that I just love. And it's the again it's the characterizations and it's a witty banter between uh Frasier um, Frasier, his his dad and his, his his brother. It's just really good, uh, good writing and good fast well in some of the episodes. I mean, it's just really entertaining. I love the fact that um, like two of my honourable mentions have already been mentioned, so I guess I won't be mentioned. Yeah, Frasier is on my honourable mentions list as well, and they are in the process of doing the revival for it as well on Paramount Plus. So I know mm-hmm. that's actually in the works at the moment. Uh, yeah, I love that good old scrambled egg show. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I want to visit Seattle eventually, just because of that show. But yeah, is there any more honourable mentions, James? Yeah, we've got three more to, to run through. So I want to big up Dead Pixels again, because I want people to watch that. Um, so if you like games or you're a gamer, then it's worth definitely worth watching that show. Um, it does poke fun at the whole gaming culture, but I think it does it for me. Um, it does it from, I, I, I think it does it from someone who knows, who probably wrote it, who knows kind of like the whole gaming stuff. That's funny you mentioned that. I actually watched that recently. It's just the one series right now, isn't it? No, it's two series. If you look, if you look up, so there's one series on Netflix, but if you go to uh, channel4.com, you can watch both those series on it. Right, I'll have to do that. Um, yeah, I didn't mind it. Um, I think that the animated bits um, where they, you know, spoof how the players would actually look while they're in the game, I think those are really, they've got a really nice attention to detail. Um, it looks like a game, um, you know, not just in terms of, graphically but like how the characters move and like do their actions and stuff as if they're being controlled um the one thing i will say about dead pixels though is some of the um i found it a bit like crass i guess yeah that kind of put me off a little bit but overall yeah not bad and uh thanks for letting me know about the second season i will go watch that awesome awesome and yeah if you ever see our yes prime minister strike yes minister uh, it's a classic British sitcom about uh, basically about, about the inner workings of the British government. And it's, and then I'm also going to say the thick of it, which uh, about 
don't know what 10, 20 years ago now, but it was like the uh, more modern version of Yes Prime Minister with a heck of a lot more swearing. Um, if you like your political comedies, then I thoroughly recommend those. And that's my awesome. conference. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I know. I've seen uh, clips of the thick of it. It's uh, it's uh, definitely an interesting film with Peter Capaldi, obviously uh, famous for Doctor Who fame more recently. The thick of it is just one of those shows that starts off like it, the situation starts off kind of bad and then it just gets worse and worse and you're just like how can it get more mad and more like crazy and, and it just does and yeah as james said the swearing just you know sometimes that can be um people can see that as a negative but i kind of see it's a feature of the thick of it yeah, cool. Awesome source. Right. And to my honor mentions, run through them quickly. So obviously we've mentioned Shits Creek and Frasier. But yeah, just definitely go check out those people. Uh, I don't know if Frasier's still on Amazon Prime. I, I believe it might have been at one point, but I think you can purchase it there. And Shits Creek is on Netflix. Uh, definitely recommend checking out people. It's stuck. Definitely give it about three, four episodes for Shits Creek and then and then you'll be hooked. It's about three, four episodes, and then you know exactly where you are. And it has an amazing ending, in my opinion. Uh, going on to my uh, three other mentions, though, quickly. Uh, the first one. Now, this is where we discussed animation before. My first one is Rick and Morty. So, obviously, this is a comedy. Very dark at points. Uh, like, very dark. Uh, it's, I don't know how I felt with it the in the recent seasons. Um, I felt it's declined a bit, and it's not as... Uh, to me, it's not. It doesn't feel as popular as it used to be. Maybe just because there was a huge intake or, like, you know, gap between the um, the seasons coming out. Uh, but definitely check out... The, first, the, the earlier seasons are absolutely brilliant, I think. Um, next one is The Big Bang Theory. Um, obviously, this is a, one of the big things. Oh, Chaz is quite surprised with that. How, how, how come Chaz is surprised with that? You know, man, it's got a reputation, hasn't it, that show? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> the, the early yeah, seasons thought, were okay. I thought we were doing yeah. top five sitcoms, not worst five. Oh, God. Come on, okay, you have to know okay, you might well. have to explain yourself for this. Yeah, no, right. I, I, I think, yeah, it did decline over time, but I think also it, may, it made geek culture the, com- the norm. It made it the norm. Like, you know, Marvel helped with, like, the movie side, but I feel in regards to, like, TV and everything, like, the Big Bang Theory became such of the norm in regards to comedy that <clears throat> that geeks and nerds and all that, the, the, the colloquialisms, wasn't seen as different anymore. It was just people enjoyed what they did. And it, obviously, you know, it went a bit far with a lot of things sometimes. I've seen all the seasons now because I did go for 12 seasons. And I think, you know, it was really, really good at, at the beginning. And obviously, you know amazing thing but i i really enjoy the show i rewatched it i thought it was i thought it was really good it had its spin-off little sheldon or young sheldon sorry uh set in the uh late 80s early 90s with a uh, new, new cast of characters with uh, jim parsons narrating it but i i just really enjoyed it I, it was just one of those shows comedies where i chuckled along it just it was just nice to have it on in the background the final one which i bet none of you have seen is a show called psych now this is a detective comedy drama uh, it's uh, created by Steve Franks in the US. It stars James Roday as Sean Spencer and uh, Dole Hill um, as his uh, lovely, lovely partner, Burton Gus- Guster. Uh, this show is basically about a crime uh, crime consultant uh, who works for the Santa Barbara Police Department who has heightened observational skills uh, trained from his father when he was younger. And he has an eidetic memory, but he pretends he's psychic so he could get onto the cases and everything. And he does like these over the top gestures when he's like pretending he's psychic and trying to solve these crimes. And 
It's had three sequential movies come out from it since the show finished as well. Um, also, throughout the entire show, there was like a serial killer element that was coming back to it. And I won't say who the serial killer is, but I highly recommend it. The, I just loved the show in general. I go back to it every few years and just binge it all. Uh, it, it followed on the same, uh, followed on after the fifth season of Monk. It, I, I didn't put Monk on this because I thought it was more of a drama detective show. Um, but yeah, no, Psych is just an amazing show. I definitely recommend it. I know the third movie came out last November. And I know uh, if you watch the show, you'll definitely see some actors in there that you will recognize. Uh, but yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Oh, wait, no, one more. Uh, so I'm going to put... This is really difficult because this was going to be my number six, if I had a number six. I'm going to put... Um, uh, this is really difficult now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put Parks and Recreation as my number as, as my honorable mention. But, uh, this is going to be really difficult. You'll understand when I get to my number five. But uh, yeah, this is my uh, honorable mention. Uh, love the show. Uh, obviously shot off the career for a lot of people, uh, especially Chris Pratt, um, who went from, you know, the chunky man living in the uh, the dump to um, sailing the galaxy in Marvel movies. Uh, ironically, there is a scene or there's a there's a narrative plot point for him disappearing from the show and then losing a ton of weight during the show, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. They actually wrote that in there. But yeah, that is, uh, that is my last honorable mention. Yes, we are now going to roll over now to our number fives, and I'm going to let Chaz take it over with his number five. Cool. So um, I just want to kind of let you know ahead of time that uh, I'm going to lean into James's statement about British shows quite heavily because most of mine are British. Spoilers. Um, so first one I want to bring up um, has already been said in a honourable mention, which is Blackadder. Um, I grew up watching Blackadder. Uh, it's the writing is so sharp, like. Every version of Blackadder that um, um, is played is just, anyway, it's just interesting. It's different. Apart from perhaps the first one, the first season didn't really, um, they didn't really know what they were going to do with it yet. Um, but yeah, it's it's quite short. Like every season has six episodes, but um, man, the writing is just so sharp and just, it's so funny. Uh, I'll always have a place in my heart for Blackadder, so... Is it a fun? Is it a little shocking thing that I've never really watched Blackadder before? I've seen I've seen clips of it online, but I've never watched. Wow. I never I, ne- I never grew up with Blackadder when I was growing up. Are you British? <laughs> yes, I'm British. I might I don't like tea, but yeah, I am British. You might be missing out there, man. Like it's pretty short to watch. Like maybe skip the first season because there's nothing of relevance in there. But two, three, and four all fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to question your Britishness as well, by the way, for not uh, ever ever having seen Blackadder. Whatever, whatever. Okay, man, whatever. Okay, right. We are going to hop along to Fergus now for his number five. Number five for me is Faced. So this is a classic British sitcom that launched the, well, the Cornetto trilogies. Uh, You'll you'll know Hot Fuzz, uh, Shaun of the Dead, etc. So, directed by Edgar Wright, um, Simon Pegg is in it. Nick Frost. Nick Frost, many other people. Um, it's really good. It is really, really good. So, I guess depicting like late 90s slacker sort of culture. Um, so, Tim and Daisy uh, have to, yeah, basically pretend to be a couple to um 
rent this flat in London somewhere. And there's a lot of, you know, antics around keeping the nature of their relationship secret from the landlady and this sort of thing. And there's a lot of, um, again, fairly classic uh, British sitcom characters crop up as like, you know, the neighbours, person down the office sort of thing. Um, but it is really, really good. Like it, it, you can definitely see the origins of the uh, subsequent movies here. Yeah, it's gonna say it's also voice surreal comedy. Yes, yes, I guess it is. It's kind of yeah, it's a bit stonery, isn't it? <laughs> Just a bit, yeah. Um, I was gonna say if you like any of Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, or uh, World's End, like I live in a little bit, you should watch Space because it's the tone is quite similar in in a lot of the places. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I, 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 I will admit I'm not as hot, that's meant to be a pun, hot on the uh, the World's End movie. I actually think the, fir- the first two are much better. I, I think I actually prefer Hot Fuzz out of all, all the three of the Cornetta trilogy. I think that's the mm. best one out of the Cornetta trilogy. Not a big, not, I, I like the World's End, but it, it went a bit too out there for me. Yeah. I but, and I never, saw, I never saw Space Dive. <laughs> I, it, I, if you have, on, yeah, definitely watch it. Again, I've, I I want to say six episodes, maybe eight a season, two seasons. Yes, It'll take yeah. you an afternoon, man. Honestly, it, it's so worth it um, because it, I particularly find it really relatable because, uh, you know, the whole living in a crappy flat, not really having a good job or a job at all. Um, they play a lot of PS1 games. Uh, they're a little bit stonery. They go to the pub. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's really good. Fair play. Fair play. Yeah, no, I'll... Uh... Yeah, if uh, as my mates know me, I can definitely crack out a TV show in a very, very short period of time. But we are going to hop over to James's number five now. Yep. So my number five is the IT crowd. It's um, again, I think it's it's genius level comedy. Uh, it's um, so it's a bit low British comedy, uh, more recent post two thousands comedy. Um, it's. Matt Berry, he's in most of it, most of the seasons, not first season. Oh, hello there. <laughs> yeah, and it's basically basically about these um, IT uh, people in uh, in you know in in in, in a big company. And they're kind of like they're like in, in the basement and kind of like not particularly being treated well in the company. But um, it's, it's hard to explain. It's just definitely worth a watch. Richard Iwardi, um, the other guy, um, Irish like. Chris Adowd, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and I didn't even Google. It. I'm actually googling now. No, just but to it, be is, sure it, it is. is. Yeah. Yeah, mention it. It's one. Yeah, um, it's genius level comedy. Definitely watch it. It's very, very good. Yes, no, I agree with that. Um, it's very IT centric humor. So again, leaning into the sort of nerd geek type stuff, playing the jokes about the internet, circuit boards, this sort of thing. So the internet in a box mate that was so good <laughs> so yeah i could say yeah as you can tell now this is the first one i have seen so i have seen the it crowd i was just gonna say like i feel like the characters are quite outlandish for a british comedy but it's so quotable and so memeable there are so many episodes that you know i count as classic you know the theater episode the one with the internet uh oh man such a good would you, would, you, would you call it a British comedy or an Irish comedy? Because the person who um, wrote it is Irish, right? Mm, well, Irish or Northern Irish? I'm not too sure. That's just a good point. Yeah. I mean, I, I class it as British, to be honest, because I think it's, it is set in Britain, isn't it? So, yep. 
I believe, I believe that's the case. So yeah, no. Uh, yeah, as it, there is a British comedy I have actually seen because I'm not gonna lie, there are some British comedies I haven't, uh, and uh, I will be crucified for that. <laughs> right, uh, going on to my number five though. I, I these I've actually been juggling these in my head to be honest. I think I'm gonna put Community as my number five. Uh, Fergus is like yes. Is it higher on the list for uh, you, Fergus, or is it that just is there? my number four? Let me quickly oh, Google okay. something else. <laughs> I'm not going to bother. It's going to happen, man. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so this is my number five. Uh, it's uh, created by Dan Harmon, obviously, who uh, went on to do the... Uh, who's gone on to do Rick and Morty, um, and he's a very f- famous person himself. Uh, I just love the show. I think it's absolutely hilarious. I think it launched the careers of some people. Uh, or made them more prominent, especially Alison Brie, um, Danny Pudi. Yeah, Donald Glover, the biggest one. Obviously, he left um, a few about the fourth, fifth season in, uh, and uh, obviously has Chevy Chase in there, John John McHale, Gillian Jacobs, Yvette Nicole Brown, Jim Rash as a man who has some sexual awakenings in that show, which is absolutely hilarious. To be honest, uh, I just I just love the show. Yeah, this is actually this is actually my uh, number three slot. So <laughs> okay, we'll come back to it later then. But yeah, we'll come back to my take on it very, very quickly when we come, come to number five. Cool. Sure. Cool. Awesome sauce. Right. Uh, and we're going to go back to Fergus again quickly on this. <laughs> it's a, it's a re- like in turn the comedy is good, but also the characters are good. Like I found myself being, you know, wanting to see their stories progress, and you know, it, it continue way beyond the series actually sort of gave us content for like getting like emotionally involved with characters over a period of time does add quite a lot to a show and now i'm gonna we'll just talk about these two things quick before we move on but uh the composer is actually the composer for the mandalorian i only found out this out recently and also uh, a couple of directors came from this show uh became very famous afterwards you might know them from such films as winter soldier infinity war and endgame uh, so they actually directed episodes for this TV show and went on to do community uh, went on to do the Marvel movies. That's why you see uh, some of the uh, community characters actors in uh, the Marvel films, which I think is pretty awesome. But I guess we'll come back to this talk about a tiny bit more when we come back to our number uh, James's number three now. But we're going to roll back to Chasnell for his number four. It's all right. We don't need to say anything else because it's IT crowd. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> see what I mean, man. <laughs> Well then, okay, well I guess we definitely covered that one. So uh, Chaz's uh, number four is IT Crowd. Um, definitely check out, uh, if you, even if you just Google people, the amount of memes that have come from the show, especially from, uh, I'll just call it, all I'll say is fire monitor, fire, fire screen saver. That's all I'll say. That, that's the, one of the most things I remember from that show. Yeah, it, it is so, so funny. And uh, yeah, definitely go check it out, people. Well, uh, I'd say what is Fergus's number four? <laughs> We've already mentioned so, it, but... Now, <sighs> I'm going to pull in a one that was floating around. Uh, it's it's yeah, which it should number four would have been community, but now it is host of London. Have you seen this? Yes, that's another Matt Berry one. Is this it? is a ma- mostly driven by Matt Berry? Yes, um, he is a voice actor working in Soho, uh, and working in like like VO studios and. If you've ever worked around that environment, uh, it's really accurate. Those characters do exist in real life. Um, so professionally, I've had a lot, like, it's extremely relatable. Um, 
<laughs> this 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 stuff happens. Um, it's also incredibly funny because I guess I can relate to the situation. There's always a Clem Fandango out there. <laughs> you seen the latest uh, season where he goes to uh, Los Angeles? Yet. No, no, yeah. that is that that is going to be watched soon. I think check it on BBC Hyper. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. That's Toast of London People by Ferguson number four. Switching that out. Right, James, do you want to hit us with your number four? Yeah, so this might be one I suspect none of you may have watched, but if you haven't, watch it. And it's a British sitcom called Man Down. Oh, with uh, Greg Davis. With Greg Davis, yeah. Yeah. It gets better. It's one of those, to me, it was one, it's about four seasons, but it was one of those rare shows where it just keeps getting better and better and better. I think its final season is the best season and is absolutely hilarious, the final season. Um, really good. So definitely stick with it and definitely carry on. It just gets better. Isn't Andy Samberg in the first season? Nope, you're thinking of Kugel. Ah, okay, okay. Which okay, I don't like at all because I tried, I watched the first episode of that and I struggled to get through it. I really did. Um, is this the one where he's a teacher? Yes, it is. Yeah, um, right. it's, it, yeah. It's one way he's a teacher. Um, I suppose he's a bit of a man child, and gets into a lot of antics. And it's uh, yeah, fair, fair, awesome sauce. Right, man, it's man down, people. Well, my number four is How I Met Your Mother. Hmm. Now I don't know. Yeah, I don't know uh, if anyone else is going to have this on their list at all. Um... Love the show. So most of these shows, it was very, very difficult, apart from the number one slot and the number two slot. It's very difficult to put this in my list, uh, the position it was, but I just I just love the show. I think, um, well, I love the show up until the final season because obviously it had a very, very controversial ending, which I know a lot of people weren't happy with. Um, but yeah, I, I just think it's brilliant. It, it, it didn't launch the career of a lot of people. It was more a case of, just a continued resurgence of a lot of characters, a lot of people. I think the most famous one out of it was uh, Neil Patrick Harris is Barney Stinson. Uh, you know, to give us all the highest of fives. Um, yeah, this uh, this show in itself was just um, was it's, it's just brilliant. I am, um, and I can't hear uh, walk, uh, walk five hundred miles without thinking of this show. To be honest. So, how many of but to me is. I do agree the end was a bit meh. Um, it retroactively damaged the series a little, I think, not uh, on a scale of Game of Thrones. Um, I don't, I wouldn't personally call it like one of my top favorites, um, but this is, you know, these personal lists, so that's fine. Um, I do think it's still okay for like, kind of like a friends level thing where you kind of have it on, you want to like binge something that's an easy watch type thing um, with a few kind of standout moments and uh, episodes. That's kind of how I'd rate it. Yeah, no, I, 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 get, I get that. And I said, you know, I like, uh, Chad's just like, you know, I mean, it's personal choice, you know, you, you're wrong. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm just I say that. <laughs> but no, yeah, um, I just think, you know, I, I also love to listen to Nothing Suits Me Like a Suit. Like, um, the fact they had an entire musical number in that show, I like to listen to that song sometimes. I've considered creating an, an own version of that song, but I, I go back and listen to the lyrics and I'm like, mm, maybe, maybe a moment when we're sing that because it's, uh, yeah, a bit controversial. I was just going to say, like, to be fair, my number one pick, I suspect no one will pick this one. So, you know, it doesn't matter. Fair play. Fair play. I'll be like, you're wrong. No, I mean, yeah, that's fine. And I'll be offended. But right. 
Yeah, how dare you, sir? How dare you? But we are now going to flip back over to Chaz now, and he's going to drop us with his number three. Oh, crap. I forgot it was me again. Um, Right. Yeah, it's spaced. <laughs> I don't need a list. <laughs> I love the fact we're just going straight through them, and Chaz just like, fuck it. You know, we've done mine now. It's all good. I know um, I, I, I am going to watch this show, to be honest. I, um, I know it's... It, I, don't, I just don't know what it was. I guess it was just one of those shows that I never saw when I was younger. Um, it, it just it just passed me by so much, and I think with Shaun of the Dead coming out by that point, that's just where I that was my starting off point for Edgar Wright, and obviously Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Same for me, actually. I went back and watched it after I watched the three movies, so um, for me, it still stands up. Fair, fair. Well, I guess we're gonna flip over to Fergus's number three then. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, all right. Space Force. Uh, Steve Cottrell as a general launching rockets into space like i know this show started as a joke to make fun of trump's um actually making the real space force but in its own right whether that had happened or not it deserve it is a really good funny show like yeah it is it's really good i um i'm still hoping uh we get season three yes i've not actually started watching season two yet uh, oh okay it's shorter as well this season there's only seven episodes yes there's there's a lot yeah. of unanswered questions from season one there's just a lot of unexplained stuff going on that all gets answered in season two but then it's it does set itself up for a season three yes, yes it does yeah yeah no I, I i like i do like the fact that in the second season as well without spoiling anything that it does feel like they try to give most of the characters an, an expanded like understanding the characters more which i actually did quite enjoy to be honest and obviously um you know a lot of famous people in that show um yeah i, I love that show myself i think it's great it's it's a fairly unique premise like i don't know any other comedy that is exploring because we're in an era where like private space flight is a thing we're talking about going to mars and starting moon colonies and moon mining missions and i don't know any other show that is kind of dealing with anything even remotely like this subject it being a comedy also makes it great because there's a lot of absurdity around the situation as well i'm just hoping with the netflix rejig this doesn't get um dropped but i'm hoping with the star power of like steve steve corral yeah. and you know a few people that they'll they'll at least get one more season i think you know this is actually a conversation for like another time we mentioned it before about the cowboy bebop thing uh but uh we'll get into the streaming thing but yeah I've, i'm hopefully it gets one more season i definitely recommend checking out season two soon though yeah awesome right we are going to flip over to james's number three which we've already know what it is but do you want to say it again james yes yeah, it's community uh but i'm gonna add a little, little, little bit more to, to, to topic uh, and it's just that i want to just shout out to just how unique and experimental some of the episodes in the community was and and that's one of the reasons why i love it so much because it, as i i love stuff i love art that tries to do new things and tries to be experimental and I think Community is probably one of the most experimental uh, sitcoms out there. Yeah, um, that's one of the things I was going to say when it previously came up. Uh, the standout things to me and Community are, I, I guess, not even special episodes, but episodes where they kind of follow around a theme. So, you know, you've got the paintball episodes, the D&D episode, the, the zombies episode. There's there's quite a few. I think there's a mystery episode type thing. They they even do, I believe, like a bottle episode where they make fun of, you know, yep. 
yeah, where where's the pen, right? Um, and those are the things that really stand out to me um, with Community. Like every now and then, I will go and rewatch, especially the paintball ones. Um, they're just so good. And they did a uh, did a Nick Cage episode, which is relevant oh. because there's a Nick Cage film coming out. Yes, um, and I've seen I've seen that meme coming out quite recently with Danny Pudi recently. To be honest, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, uh, I, yeah, I think, yeah, I think Chad's hit the nail and you, you both hit the nail on the head there. To be honest, like, I, I love that show for that stuff. I think, yeah, the paintball episodes are some of the, the some funniest. And also, uh, um, Ken Jeong, um, as just how much, how crazy he gets as that show goes on. Like, like he is, he is not a nice person in the beginning, or he's just an ass at the beginning. And then it just, it just goes on from there. I love the fact that he went into acting after being a doctor, I believe. And, I still think that's today to to see where he went to where he is now, and yeah, I just I just love that show, and I just think it's absolutely hilarious, but awesome, excellent, right? Now this is where it's going to be interesting. Um, can any of you guess what my number three might be? Everyone, everyone's uh, everyone's having a gander now. Go on. Well, I feel like I know what one of your picks is going to be. I don't know if it's going to okay. be a three though. Okay, this is going to be interesting then. So I haven't. I I I'm, I've given hints to what no, what a couple of the high ones be, but. Uh, what 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 one's this gonna be? I haven't mentioned it yet. One oh, no, idea. Go on then. Good place. Yes, my man. Mm. Yeah, that was, my, yeah, that was yeah. my guess too. Yes, uh, the good place. The only reason, uh, so the top three have been the most difficult to do. The good place, I think. Uh, well, I definitely got a few of you into it. That's for sure. I, I, I've. It's one of those shows where I'm not going to spoil it because even though it's only been out for a few years now, you do not want to spoil that show for anyone, even after it's been out for ten years. Uh, it's four seasons long. It's only, I believe, it's ten episodes a season. So you could easily crack the show out in a weekend if you wanted to. If if you're not feeling great on a weekend, you want to feel a bit of a cheer up. Okay, maybe maybe watch the show when you're a bit cheerier. But um, yeah, this 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 show is such a good comedy, and it had one of the best TV show endings ever, in my opinion. I, f- I feel, you know, it's it's a four seasons. It knows it knew exactly where it, was. it felt like they knew exactly what they wanted to do from the get go, and then they knew exactly where they were going. And I'll admit, it's not a show I can binge all the time. I I I know, but I think if you watch it maybe every once a year or every few years, I I definitely think it's that type of show. I think it's you know so many good people are coming from that. I also learned recently that um one of the uh, actresses from that um is is going on to play the villain in the new She Hulk Marvel TV show, which I think's absolutely hilarious. Um, and there's just so many good actors in that show, so many good actors. I mean, Ted Danson is just hilarious in himself, to be honest. Oh, how do I say all this stuff about Good Place? Um, exactly. It's so hard. So first thing I want to say right off the bat is, um, because it's going to be me next, Good Place, Good Place is my number two. Um, nice. Well, we, what we'll do is we'll we will just have a nice little conversation here for our exactly, number three. Exactly, yeah. And yeah, Chaz is number two. Cool, right? So um, Good Place not only has um, really interesting, funny, and well-written characters, um, it does how to say this this is gonna be really difficult to say about spoilers it's it plays into um media kind of mm, like media language and stuff you know how you expect shows to be paced and written and things like that and it does a very interesting thing with that um the thing with good place um and i say this to everybody who's not seen it is you must watch it to the end of season one you must uh if if you if you don't like it after that sure but yeah it's no i don't 
it 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 is it is one of those shows where um you watch it and you're like what is this show okay it's and also i like i like the show when it started it is a it is a, it is a fun show but you've got to get through the first season i actually i actually think i did say that to you Chaz, at one point i did say get through the first season and you know exactly where you are at that point because it, it where it goes from there and also i realized um i don't know if i could say this it gives you hints in the first ep- episode gives you hints all where the, the show is going, yeah. where the show is going at the end, at the beginning. And I'm like, I did, I, cause I rewatched the first couple of episodes recently. And ha- that is so perfect. That a show could give you a hint in the first episode where it ends is amazing in my opinion. And just, yeah. Um, just the show itself. Like, I mean, it stars, um, it stars Kristen Bell, um, William J- Jackson Harper, uh, obviously Ted Danson, Darcy Carden, uh, Jamelia Jamil, uh, and Manny Jacinto. And it's obviously created by Michael Schur, who obviously did The Office. He's done, you know, that man has been on a roll. Like, honestly, he has done, you know, he's, he's, he's worked on, uh, you know, The Office, uh, Saturday Night Live, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Massive Nun, Good Place you know, all these shows. And I think like, you know, just to go into this, it, yeah, it's so good. And it's on Netflix, people. Go check it out if you haven't. Yeah. And, you know, don't don't go on Wikipedia because I'm on Wikipedia right now. And it, it, it gives away it gives away something that goes on in that show. And don't Wikipedia it. Just go onto Netflix. The Good Place is it, it's I do think it's one of the best. The only reason it's not my number two or number one is because of repeatability that's the only reason why if i could rewatch the show constantly it would be higher i think it's i think it's actually a little bit rewatchable actually because you can kind of see some of the stuff they've written into the earlier episodes and you know see how it hints like i said where it will go yeah no i get that. I, I just think like whereas the two shows above this i can watch a lot more like a lot more on repeat or just like rewatch them and i think you might know which my number one might be now because i ha- it has not been mentioned yet uh, or my number two, at least. But yes, right. So that was my number three and Chaz's number two. This has actually been a really interesting list, to be honest. But we are now going to flip over to Fergus. But yeah, that quickly, we're going to Fergus a second. The Good Place, Netflix, you need to check it out. Go watch it. But now we're going to go over to Fergus. Give us your number two, good sir. So this has been quite a hard one for me to pick, really. Um, which one is number one and which one is number two, uh, as my one and two are quite different. Um, but two is BoJack Horseman. I have probably watched this th- through all of the series completely at least twice now. It's quite a few seasons. Um, but again having been around the world of media and films, TV and stuff, quite how accurate this show is, is quite scary, but also funny. Um, Admittedly, quite a lot of the like cultural references have dated horribly. Um, Like we're talking dated from 2017. (laughs) Um, But if you've got a good knowledge of like Hollywood culture, 2010 to 2020, Really, 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 really good. Oh, it's me, Van. Yeah, I was. I just going to say it's my number one pick. So we'll get back to a bit more about BoJack later on. Fair enough. I I never finished the show. 
unfortunately. I don't know why I stopped watching. I, I don't know. I think there was a certain point. I think I think because I was going through a bit of a, a down period at the time. And I think the the show, even though it's a comedy, does have like it does have some really yeah strong emotional points. And I think it was just like I just needed something to a bit more levity. But now that it's finished, I think I'm definitely going to go back and rewatch. And Will Arnett, he's ironically Arrested Development uh, and uh, the Lego Batman and you know, tons of other stuff. He he is just a um a treasure in himself. He was in a recent one called uh, Murderville, where he plays a detective. Um, who he, everyone everyone is on script in this entire show, but they bring celebrities into each episode and they don't have the script and they have to play along with the script. And I've only seen the first episode of that, but uh, Conan O'Brien's one of them in it and uh, Kamal Nanjiani uh, is also in another episode. Uh, but yeah, no, going back to the uh, Brojack Horseman though, that show, from what I saw, it was absolutely great. Uh, I definitely need to go back and watch it. And we will talk about No Board Out with uh, James's number one. But we are now going to go to James's number two. What's your number two, James? It is what is probably one of, if not the best British sitcoms ever made. Anybody want to have a guess? Red Dwarf? Nope. Okay. Forty Towers. Forty Towers. Yeah. I mean, it's complete. I mean, whole, 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 I mean, every episode is basically a farce, but it is one of the funniest shows you can ever watch. It's just absolutely perfect. I've not seen it. <laughs> there's literally six episodes total, I think. No, there's not. There's 12. There's two seasons. 12, two seasons. Yeah, 12, oh, okay. 12 episodes. But also, um, no, after this, uh, can you report yourself to get be deported from Britain? You're clearly <laughs> not British. Fucking wow. Jesus Christ. He's not wrong, man. Like, everyone's seen 40 Towers. I've just not. I, I, I never saw it. I know John Cleese is in it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, that's I know some of the actors are in it, but that's that's just my weird superpower. By just not seeing the show at all. So I feel like we've found your your weakness, you know, in your Wikipedia armor. <sighs> old British sitcoms. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me to uh, don't tell me to quiz nights with that. You know, I just be terrible. Awesome. Yeah, but that Forty Towers, I will. I will go check it out with with, my, with Space, which is two seasons. It just goes to show British comedies don't have to be long. They could be precise and get in and out and just be perfect for what they are. From what I know, I haven't seen them, but I will find out. But we're going to go to my number two now. Uh, so I haven't mentioned these two. Now, can you guess what my number two is? Have, have a guess. Go on. Go on. Oh, the conf- the look the, the look at looks of shits, the looks of confusion. Just quick, or was that your honourable mention? No, that that was my honourable mention. Are we done Brooklyn Nine nah. Nine yet? fuck no <laughs> well, i guess you know my number one then. Oh, right, okay. uh so what's my number two i have not mentioned this yet we have spoke about it but we haven't i haven't mentioned it and um, this i'm i'm, I'm going to keep talking here so i don't have to have the silence i don't know but really you don't know yeah okay i feel like right. i should know we're all just sort of yeah conund- conundrum faces right now it's uh it's the office us oh um, yeah Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. So the reason I put this and, as you now know, my number one, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, as my one and number two, is because I feel these shows are very bingeable. You could just put episodes mm. on and just rewatch them. And the amount of memes from this show and the, the hilarity and the comedy from the from this show, I mean, I still love the episode where Dwight is the fire marshal and he just locks all the doors and he sets a fake fire off and Stanley has a heart attack in the office and... You know, it's just like this. This obviously, you know, it, ha- it did have a decline after Steve Carell left. It was still really good, 
but it, it did have a decline and you know you had other actors coming like even Idris, you know people like Idris Elba and James Spader were in this show you know the amount of different actors and obviously you know it, it it's just it's just so good and definitely it's it, I believe it's it, it's all on I believe it's still all on Netflix possibly it might not be now but um just go check it out yeah that that's my number two uh we're gonna flip back to Chaz's number two now which we already did I believe which was yep. Uh, the good place. So, uh, we are going to roll over to. Fix- oh wait, it's one to number ones now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, one sorry. to number ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, my confusion, people, my confusion. We're going on to Chaz's number one. Uh, I don't think this will surprise some of you, um, <laughs> and I don't think this you guys probably relate to this one, but um, I have a very special place in my heart for the show, and that is Red Dwarf. Um, I grew up watching Red Dwarf. Um, I. <sighs> I don't know. There's so much I can say about it. Like the characters are just so they they feel quite real. They're really, really relatable. They're just funny. I relate to Lister a lot. Um, as I guess I should explain the premise for some people who don't know it, but it's quite a unique setting for a sitcom, even in itself. Um, it's set three million years in the future, um, on a mining spaceship um after the entire crew is wiped out except for um one character who has a hologram of the person he hated the most as his only companionship um alongside a humanoid um like character who evolved from cats and later they're joined by a kind of robot mechanoid called Crichton. um I don't know. It's 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 quite old at this point, although it is actually still going to an extent. They released a, the se- last season um, a couple of years ago, um, so some of the you know <laughs> some of the the effects are almost part of the the humour as well because they are so cheap in some cases. They play into that hard. Um, it's yeah, it's got a special place in my heart that one. So yeah, mm, yeah, no, I I've never seen this. Sh- <laughs> the- I I've seen. I think it was one of those shows where it was just on sometimes and I just saw it and I just didn't watch it. But yeah, I again, retract my British card because I, I never saw the show because James, James will, James will uh, well, take me to the border and throw me off. Yeah. So Red Dwarf is, is a bit of a, um exception where it has loads of seasons. Um, originally run for eight uh then they did i believe three more plus a couple like weird movies um so it's quite a lot to get through and i will say it's not to everyone's taste but yeah yeah those who do like it they like it a lot um i'm a big fan i'm kind of nerdy about it actually uh so yeah there you go that's fair that's fair uh cool awesome source right fergus number, What's your number one, one is uh parks and recreation I really like this show. Again, have probably watched the entirety of all of the seasons at least twice. Um, it is so. Yeah, I a lot of really good characters in a you know a situation where they can get up to antics and there is like character evolution and some plot evolution and it's I don't know. It, again, just you just get very attached and involved with the characters. So it, it, there's some great scenes as well. Um, I, yeah, I like it a lot. It's it's brilliant. Please watch it. It so it's based in a uh, American um, 
like public um like public pu- public service office yeah yeah so they look after all the parks uh hence parks and recreation so like talking like small town council planning if you make planning meetings funny you can do anything really i think like um there's quite there's quite a lot of uh, difference between the characters and their attitude and what they want to sort of do out of the workplace um which again is quite funny like nick hoffman's character just wants to do as little as humanly possible where leslie nope wants to do all of the stuff so then there's just an awful lot of you know sort of character conflict out of parks which again you wouldn't suspect to be like a good uh catalyst for this sort of thing i, I is a quite again i i think is to my my taste is very um american office places going wrong sort of humor so it's i would say it's somewhat similar to space force in a way but there's a lot more series as uh, as as um, I mean, maybe yeah. the same people, Space Force and Parts and Work, and The Office. Uh, I don't believe so. I'm not sure, you know. So Space Force, I'm just gonna. I've, I've actually still got Space Force up on my Google now. So um, it was uh Greg Daniels. Hmm. So oh yeah, no yeah. So yeah, he did Parks and Rec. He uh, co-created yeah. Parks and Rec. And he did yeah. the, the Office. Thought so. Yeah. yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's why yeah. you get like, a similar similarity in terms of at least um concepts, even though they're different. Uh, Hell of a resume there. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, that these people have just been amazing. And yeah, Parks Recreation. I just love Bill's. Um, I just love Ron Swanson. I just, I just love him so much. That mustache is glorious. I, I just love him as an act. I, I just think he's hilarious in that show. Ron Swanson and April. Uh, yes, so great. <laughs> That's a, that is a genius character. Yeah. yeah, I do like most of the characters in that show. I will say. Um... Leslie Nope, I, I, she's a very good um, contrast to um, Ron Swanson as well. Just, you know, caring so much too much about these tiny little, like you said, local government things where most people just don't care. And uh, yeah, it's a good show. Um, it's not one of my top fives, obviously, because it didn't appear. But um, I think it's good um, good to have on to kind of chill, watch something that's easy to follow and, uh, and has some really yeah. good human characters. Another show that has a good ending as well, in my opinion. I, I think it had a really good ending as well. Um, kinda. I don't know. I felt I, I felt weird about the the last series because I did. I, I get. I it was so involved in it that I didn't want it to end. So it it felt like it was a bit artificially wrapped up for what the characters would do. So they just all got their like best possible dream endings or sort of dream. Yeah, ending. it was a bit of a. Yeah, but fine. I, you had to end it somehow, and you know True. they didn't kill them off. <laughs> yeah, cool, awesome source. Well, thank you very much for your number one, Fergus. We are going to roll to James's number one now. Yeah, so talking about um, really happy sitcoms, my uh, number one pick is BoJack Horseman. <laughs> yeah. So uh... for for me, uh, I just I mean BoJack is obviously it's, it's an animated comedy, and basically. You got basically everybody is a human, a human or an animal. There's a lot of the characters are like humanoid animals, but despite that, I think Bojack is probably the most uh, human sitcom that I have ever watched. I mean, in terms of how it explores the human condition, and I think not just in terms of Hollywood, even though that is obviously a big aspect. Um, 
it explore, explores so much of the human condition. And at the same time, it does absurd comedy uh, really, really well. It can be completely wacky and absolutely hilarious, but at the same time, has so much depth and so much kind of soul to it. Yeah, no, I, I, I said I, I will definitely be going back and and watching the show. Uh, you know, actually, a lot of lot of famous actors in that show as well. To be honest, it's uh, and yeah, I definitely will go back and watch it. But finishing up my number one, you know, you guessed it before my even number two, but it's like da 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 nine nine. It's uh Brooklyn Nine Nine. People, this is the show that I could go back to any episode pretty much and just rewatch it. I think it is one of the best. It, well, I I feel it's the best comedy tv series in years and it, it it's not just a comedy show it deals with some serious subject matter as well you know lgbtq representation um you know uh racial profiling in america as well there's an episode in regards to that which is handled it, it just how, how it was handled is interesting um i feel like the final season i'm just reading this up now i just wanted to confirm this uh, it's, um, you know, it's in the final season, um, Terry Crews command said the planned direction of the eighth, eighth season was being altered in response to the murder of George Floyd. We've got cancelling four ready to go episodes as a result. Uh, Sandberg also said the ser- series would be striking a balance between addressing police brutality and maintaining its comedic style. It also incorporated the COVID-19 pandemic in- during the season. Although initially announced as part of the C- NBC Falls schedule, it was pushed back due to that. As they said, uh, ending the series was a difficult decision, but ultimately we felt it was the best way to honour the characters, the stories, and our viewers, with the cast expressing sentiments for having been part of the series. Now, the final season did air, but it was like it only aired over five weeks because they did two episodes per week because you know, it was only 10 episodes the final season. Um, for what I know uh, how it ends, I, it ends quite well for a lot of the characters. Um, and it's just really interesting how, how that show's gone. I feel like that show... As said, you can you can watch any episode, in my opinion, and it you you could just to be fair, you, it's good to know the story. But you could just if you've seen the show, you can hop to any episode. It's hilarious, especially I always love going back and watching the Halloween heists. I I always love going back, you know how how they trick each other each season and how it plays up on that. And I love the fact that every character has progression in that show, even even to the minute point of like people like Scully in Hitchcock definitely does, and he he's the same throughout the entire thing. But Scully even has minor progression, you know, Jake Peralta played by Andy Samberg, uh, Stephanie Beatriz, Rosa Diaz, Terry Crews as Terry Jeffords, uh, Melissa Fumero as Amy Santiago, John Lowe, John, Joe Lou Triglio as Charles Boyle, Ch- Chelsea Peretti as Gina Lanetti, um, Andre Brower as Raymond Holt, Dirk Blocker as Michael Hitchcock, and Joel McK- McKinnon-Miller as Norm Scully. I think the dynamic between... Um, Andy Samberg and Andre Brower as uh, Jake Peralta and Raymond Holt is just perfect from the get-go. I feel their relationship, even from the first episode, you know how this is going to go. Um, I feel that the character's evolution uh, is amazing. I feel that, yeah, I just think the show really did its best in representation. When it was initially cancelled, uh, it was rene- it was taken by another studio within 24 hours mm. it, you know you, you had people like mark hamill and you know um uh lin-manuel miranda and all these actors coming out in support of the show and it, it just it just hopped from one network to another within 24 hours and it that just goes to show how powerful the show was that it did that and i feel that you know it, it's, it's just so good and i would just end it by again by saying ending with that Nine nine. 
end it with that, people, because I think that's the best way to end it for that show. Because I feel that that is the best way to. It, also, if you ever speak to anyone, they said they love Brooklyn Nine Nine, and you and but then you in a conversation, you just say Nine Nine, and they say to you, "What is that?" You you disown that person because they they lie to you. They do not know Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> Definitely, people. But yes, I was going to say. Um, I think I feel like Brooklyn Nine Nine is. It's a very feels a very positive show um they do deal with some heavy subject matter in it but like the tone and and how the characters kind of play off of each other always comes across that way so i feel like it's again something that's pretty easy to watch and you don't really have to be in a specific mood to to enjoy it um one of the other things as well about the characters is i feel like it's a well-written show when you can pick two characters from them and then you can always get like some interesting dynamics to you know and, and interesting interactions just based off of how well written those two characters are and how they will interact with each other so um i think that britain on on is, is full of stuff like that um and on a similar vein to community though slightly less it does have certain standout episodes as well um as you said the halloween heists where you know they just do something really cool and uh and interesting and it is a good one. I, I was tempted to put it on my honorable mentions, but I suspected it would come up um, several times, so I kind of didn't. But yeah, it's a good one. So there is there is one episode, actually, I do want to say. Uh, it's called The Box. It's in the fifth season. It's it's pretty much a bottleneck episode set in one room with um, basically they're trying to get a confession out of a, a murderer, Sterling K. Brown, who gives an amazing performance. Um, it's just basically just trying to get his confession. And that's one of the episodes I love. I love going back to so much because it's just it just goes to show the power of acting where it can progress throughout this and yeah just the hilarity and the seriousness and oh it's just so good yeah I, I've watched um a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine it is very enjoyable as I said for the reasons you've stated um I found so the the episode like so you said it uh, was cancelled was cancelled by Fox and then retaken up by NBC B- MSNBC yeah. NBC yeah I found that transition really weird because um, they kind of rushed the story like the storyline that they kind of mapped out for the fo- t- to end it on the Fox series because I guess they didn't think it was going to be yeah. continued but then it then did continue. I think kind of minus a lot of the story elements. Um, so I, yeah, but I mean, the general overtones that it was there and it was good, but it just, yeah, it's a shame that Fox cancelled it really because it could have had, yeah, yeah. Sadly, why it didn't make my top list, but I very yeah. much enjoy the show. I can understand that. Yeah, I can understand. But uh, I said, if you come into my house, and uh, you you will know that here, Brooklyn Nine Nine's opening theme song playing at some <laughs> point. I I love going onto YouTube reactors, a few especially a few of them, and just watching their reactions because just the hilarity from you know seeing people's like just just to forget what the show is and rewatch it would be. I, that's one of that's one of the one times I'd be like, I'd love to just rewatch this show with fresh eyes. To be honest. It's a good show to have on if you've got people visiting, I think, just like in the background as well. Oh, yeah. Most people have yeah. seen it and at least like it a bit. Um, one of the other things I was going to say is we're talking about bottle episodes. I feel like that's one indication of a good show when they can pull off a bottle episode, um, you know, in an interesting way. And uh, it, it's because the characters can 
can really carry your episodes there. Um, obviously, we said about um, Communities Bottle episode, Brooklyn Nine-Nines, and I'm going to plug Red Dwarf slightly here as well, where they had a bottle episode called Marooned. Um, it's literally, they're trapped in a, a tiny ship, just the two of them. It's just a series of conversations between them, and it's one of the most well-known episodes. It's really, really good. And I'm going to plug um, Bojack's bottle episode equivalent, where it is just Bojack, uh, the majority of the episode anyways, is just Bojack doing a eulogy at a funeral. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, right. Well, again, let's end it there with 99. And we are going to end it there, people, with our top TV sitcoms and comedies. I hope everyone's enjoyed the list today. Uh, If you'd like to get in contact with any questions, queries, tell us what your favourite comedy TV shows have been. Maybe we'll read them on the next episode. Uh, please feel free to email us at nmipodcast at outlook.com. That's nmipodcast at outlook.com. And make sure to follow us on Twitter and or Instagram at nmicast. That's at nmicast. Uh, listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud by searching nmi-when-you-need-more-info. That's nmi-when-you-need-more-info. We are also on YouTube. We're currently in the process of rejigging the YouTube side of it because I'm... Still trying to figure out the animation side when I have time. <laughs> but yes, uh, I want to thank uh, my guests, uh, my guest hosts, uh, Fergus, Chaz and James for joining me today. No problem. Thanks really good. for having me. Yeah, thank you. It's a really good subject today. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we will figure out next week's episode. Uh, we'll probably be recording it in the week. Hopefully uh, the news might be a bit light this week unless something major drops in the next few days, uh, which will be absolutely hilarious. And we'll probably get the Obi-Wan trailer like we did before, 10 minutes before uh, the uh, the show starts. Uh, but yes, people, I've been your host, Nate. Please stay safe. We will see you next time. Keep safe, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.